That's enough that allows me to get away with it without DCMA laws. Welcome to WrestleMania 2022. I mean, I don't know the number. I know the years. 38. WrestleMania 38 review with Christian Joel Ramos, the AKA the Mike for Hire, AKA the Puerto Rican Powerhouse, AKA the Podcast Mercenary. And this is the show, the Podcast Mercenary Show. And today I have a special guest. What is up, ladies, gentlemen, and all the beautiful beings in between? It's me, Raul. What's up, y'all? And today we are going to review the, well, it's not just happened. It happened a while ago, but, you know, life happens. PAX East happens. Uh, this is a lot of things. So we are finally getting around to the WrestleMania review, even though WrestleMania Backlash is, what, this Sunday or something? or like? In, I don't know. I haven't been keeping up. I have not be been keeping up. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, it's even in our neighborhood, too. Bro, I forgot about that. It's in Providence. It's, yeah. We can actually get, go to it. But do, do we want to go? I mean, if you invited me, I'd go. Yeah, but... I didn't want to go to one in Worcester, because I know traffic would have been crazy going to SmackDown Worcester. But Providence is not that bad to go get it in it. We'll talk about it after the show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're going to talk about WrestleMania that just happened. <laughs> just happened. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so anyways, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Let's start it with the positives as, as a whole. It was a really decent WrestleMania with the underwhelming circumstances of we're getting out of COVID, it's technically Fauci said it's over, but ten, you know how it works. It's not over. It's just it's containable. It's it's manageable now. It's uh, it's it's livable at this point. We can't get past it. Um, but that being said, things are going back to normal, but people still have their hesitations, their worries, whatever you want to call it. Um, and when I understand that thoroughly, because you know everyone's got someone sick in the family. So I was wondering how turnout was going to be because, well, again, so you, you, are people ready for stadium shows? Apparently they were because this thing sold out both nights. And I'm like, this is actually pretty impressive because I literally did not think it was going to sell out because the tickets are selling very slowly compared to the previous manias. Like to the point that I could have gotten a ticket if I wanted to be there, but I didn't want to see any of the builds this year. And was it just me falling out of love with uh, WWE? And not necessarily, because I still watch it here and there, but I'm not watching it like I did even a year ago or a year prior. What do you think it is? Well, I need to start off with my positive, And you already know where I'm going with this. The number one reason to draw me into any of your pay-per-views. It's the same thing every three Manias had the last three years. You have the weekend. As your WrestleMania theme song, which Literally. they did for the third year in a row. Yes. Is that a running theme or just a coincidence? Because I feel like it is one of those things where I didn't think it was going to be a, a thing. And they're like, it became a trend. Like every year they have a different artist. Yeah. Uh, they had Pitbull, Floor Rider. They've had, uh, you name them, right? Kid I can't, Rock. Kid Rock back in the old days. Uh, Fred Durst. and Saliva. We've had them all. Yeah. The saliva one is one of my favorites. That was a pretty good Ladies one. and gentlemen, oh god, that that was that literally is like him representing a show, like yeah. talking about a show. And great, but the fact the last three have been 
Abel have been all the weekend. I'm like, this is one of the coolest aspects. Now, that being said, why isn't there a creator wrestler of the weekend in the game yet? In the Seth Rollins gear that he had on from Coachella. Dude. Okay. <laughs> was that coincidence or was that corporate synergy? I have no idea, but I'm saying this. As soon as I buy 2K22, I haven't bought it yet. Neither have I. Because I don't I can't find a PS5 and I don't want to buy for PC. Oh, you can't find a PS5. That's too bad. It's gonna get even worse, son of a gun. Oh listen here, son of a bitch. It's hard to get consoles during the damn pandemic. But I know as soon as I buy it, I'm yeah. making Shield Attire Weekend, having Heartless as his entrance track. Oh, yeah. You have and to. just all of this stuff. But, yeah, I am in the same boat as you where, like, I wasn't that hyped considering how burnt I felt. But at the same time, I was ready for something. A stadium show. Me is this. I think. All right. So let's just. Start with the card. And we'll, we'll bitch and moan afterwards. Because no let's problem. be honest. Everyone's got their gripes no matter what. All right. Wow. It starts off with um, Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura versus the Usos. We start off the bat with an injury. Yeah. Um, good it's God. It, all it, respect for Boogs. Which he just did too much. He chewed more than he can bite. And listen, he's a big guy. He's a no power lifter. But it, it was just... A freak accident. He took both the Usos on his shoulder, fireman carries out, and his and his knee collapsed on the weight. You're not John Cena, don't try this. There are very few men in wrestling who have been able to do this, and John Cena was one of them. He's able to freaking uh power lift the big show. He was able to do this to Bobby Lashley. Like he was a power lifter, but he was able to do this prior to WWE. Boogs, I don't know about his powerlifting background. I don't know if he has one, but I think, he, again, he just tried to do a Cena spot without having the proper training behind it. And it sadly, it ended up in a botched finish. But we knew that the Usos were going to retain. But yeah. What do you think we can take from this match? This is all I want out of Boogs now. I want him to still be playing Shinsuke's theme, but in sort of like the Dave Grohl sort of throne that he had after when he broke his leg. You want emo Boogs? I wouldn't say emo boogs. I just want him like Elias-ish. With a really? Zeke in the with a Zeke in the picture, there's room for another Elias. And That's what I'm saying. Like something like that. It doesn't have to even be exactly Elias. It just has to be more of a drifter character. The remember the drifter in NXT that that character for Elias. Yeah, that was a cool character because if Boogs goes dark or even goes grim because of the circumstance, it just brings him to a dark place. You can make a heel Boogs like this. Yeah, like almost like a undashing sort of person. <laughs> oh my gosh. But we will get to him. Get me from, get me the Ed Gaines boogs. <laughs> 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 All right, so that, it was a decent match, but botch. I can't even rate the star rating of this. Before. Yeah. I, I, because I feel bad for giving a bad rating because it was ended on a, on a botch. And it was, I'm with that too. Let's just give it a, a non-A. Yeah. I mean, it was entertaining before it got to that point yeah. yeah okay so we move on happy corbin versus drew mcintyre okay this is before happy turned on madcap matt is that how you say his name Mad Cap, which the I, winner of the andre the giant memorial battle royal and that happened on smackdown yes which is why there wasn't a pre-show for wrestlemania it's yeah like, so it made sense but here's the thing about madcap the name madcap is a terrible name but with modern vernacular, capping is now part of the Urban Dictionary. 
so madcap comes off funny because capping just means you're bullshitting or lying. Yeah. So mad bullshitter. Now this character can turn heel easily, but instead they made him babyface. You could make the most wise ass heel out of Madcap and turn Corbin babyface. Yeah, babyface. But instead they kept Corbin heel because he's Corbin and no one's gonna like him no matter what. Except when he was sad, Corbin, which was an interesting character. It was different. It was a nice twist, and it made him human. Now listen, Baron Corbin in real life is a cool dude. He smokes meats. This guy's a great chef. He always came off like a nice person on Up, Up, Down, Down when he did those games uh, yeah. segments. But his character is always ass because Corbin's not an actor. Like he, he can't portray. He sounds so monotone, whether he was happy or sad. But now with this happy Corbin and sad Corbin, it kind of gave him more direction. Yeah. He went from rags to riches, and now he has riches. He's back to being a douchebag, but now there's a purpose. It's like he's kind of almost like compensating for that whole year where he was just this, you know, balding, gross-looking dude. Who, like, again, creative was great on this. Um, This was an okay match. I gave it three out of five. It was anything I, special. I gave it two because, honestly, I got exhausted just, like, thinking about this storyline. Yeah. I felt like Drew could have been used. And elsewhere. Drew was almost out of the storyline, so it would have been one less match altogether. And the cool spot was a, the Claymore to the to the ropes. Yeah. That was cool visual, but that could have easily gone south. Um, I don't know if you know this, but the bungee cords that make the ropes are really bouncy. If that blade were to... <laughs> I don't want to go there, but you know where this could have gone. If, if he didn't use proper sword technique, it could have backfired. Yeah, unfortunately, considering what just happened recently. What am I missing? Oh, the match between Drew and Bobby. Oh, the ropes broke. Yeah. Yeah, and thankfully nobody was hurt. Uh, but it's happened before. Yeah. At another house show with Rollins and McIntyre. So there's a there's a running theme where the house show ropes are ass, and they got to, like, step their game up because... Also, one time in history, too, a title change was reversed because ropes broke. Bro, you know, did you know this? No, but you know, it's good when they do that because you're putting in a storyline, hence making the canon like when CM Punk had a bum knee against Penta, he put it into the match and it made the match better because you gave stakes, the audience was quiet. So when WWE does something like that, too, I'm like, okay, cool. It's like the show must go on, but make it make sense. And not for nothing, I give WWE a lot of bullshit, but if they can make things work, make it work. Yeah, all right, so. Corbin and Drew, nothing to really sneeze at. Yeah. It was all right. Uh, Ray and Dominic and Mysterios versus Logan Paul and The Miz. Now, before I get started, I know what you're going to say. We're all going to think it. I mean, we've all been thinking it. Logan Paul is too good for his own for his own good. Like, as a celebrity wrestler, I know he was a collegiate amateur wrestler, right? He's known for stunts on YouTube. Like, that's what he became famous for, like doing, like, wild stuff. I wouldn't say that's what he No, 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 no. Prior to the controversy. Prior to controversy. Like, he initially was famous for flips on YouTube. That was where what, what launched his career. So I know he can do the flips. I know he can do the dives. But it's the psychology of the match that got me like, whoa, Logan actually knows what he's doing. Like, I just thought he was a typical celebrity going to a match. No, he was actually a fan. And here's a funny thing nobody knows. Apparently, a lot of Hollywood people really enjoy wrestling like as a extracurricular and i didn't know this prior to twitch because a lot of twitch streams i've seen like of celebrities they're watching wrestling shows like indie shows like they're really into wrestling and i'm thinking to myself there's a reason behind this 
if you work in television, movies, music, what do you need to watch that's so out of your realm to enjoy? Because think about it. I work in IT, right? The last thing I want to do is look at computer screens at their clock out. So I'm going to do a physical activity like running or going to the gym to get my mind away from it. If you're an actor or someone in the media and you don't want to, you just got out of a 12 to 14 long or 16 hour long Marvel movie set, the last thing you want to do is watch movies, right? Wrestling is such a different form of entertainment that it's, there's nothing like it. It's one of a kind. It's always been one of a kind. So it's a it's something enjoyable you can watch on television that has nothing to do to remind you of your workplace. That's my theory. Like actors appreciate wrestling because it's their escapism, whereas their work is our escapism. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I totally agree with that. The one thing I was sort of apprehensive when it came to this, like this out of the three celebrity matches was the one I was like the most nervous about. Me too. Because I felt like they were just trying to like capture that bad bunny lightning in a box. I was gonna say that, but they did. <laughs> Son of a bitch just pulled it off. But here's the thing. I I kind of expected this one to be the most athletic one out of the three. Yes. If that makes sense. No, no, again, this guy is a pro boxer. This guy used to do wrestling. I know he can physically do it. He wears a million dollar Charizard on his way to the ring. No, it was Pikachu this time. It was Pikachu? I thought yep. it was Charizard. No, no, no. Charizard was in his boxing match. Mm. He wore the most expensive, uh, the uh, what was it, the painting Pikachu or the uh, cartoon Pikachu? I don't know. I forget the card, but it was big when I was a kid. And um, I forgot which one it was, but it's like the most rarest Pikachu card. And that was back when Johto was big. So we're talking like 13 years ago. Oh, God. Yeah, I know, right? We're getting old. That's such is life. Um, but yeah, I was, it's kind of like the one bad negative about the match, I gotta say, Logan Paul made Dominic look like a chump. Like he he was so good in this one match that now, like the criticism Dominic gets, he's, he's skipped NXT and that's not a good idea. It proved it. Dominic needs NXT so bad because he doesn't look good in the ring at all. He doesn't have the body for it. He doesn't. He moves oddly. And it's almost like he's trying to wrestle like his dad, but he's six foot one. Like, dude, you're too tall to be doing like lucha spots like your dad. You gotta kind of find your style, and like almost like Andrade. Andrade was great doing cruiserweight stuff, but once he became a heavyweight, he had to change his style up a little bit to to fit just gravity and just physics. Dominic, I feel like he's trying to squeeze into his dad's shadow, even though character wise, he's not trying to be his dad. Now, when you say his dad, which one are we talking his about? His biological father. Yes, Ray, Ray Eddie Lee. Guerrero. <laughs> so, yeah. So, again, Ray's awesome. He doesn't lose a step. Um, but, again, I'm kind of worried for um, Dominic's future. If he, he needs 2.0, he needs to be there for a year. Because when he was there for that one episode, he fit in perfectly around those other green, you know, roster talents. Like, I get it if you, you're on with the pros, like Randy Orton was tossing the deep end, but he went through OBW. You know what I mean? Like, Dominic has not gone through OBW. He hasn't gone through FCW. He hasn't gone through anything but just SmackDown. And, and like, he needs to train a proper training. He trained in the Thunderdome, which, don't get me wrong, he had the best first match ever with Rollins, but now as time goes on, you realize, like, how much other people have like carried him through there's and a, like no disrespect to him dominic all respect to you 
for like living out this dream, but like some of your real and focus and, and get better because there's the wrestling world's a doggy dog world and you're not going to last forever if you're dead. Because once Ray, Ray retires, he might be in the budget cuts list right away. Yeah, because he's what are we on like 18 months? Yeah, he needs he needs proper training. And I know his dad's been training him since he was like a teenager or something, but it is not the same than going through the performance center or going to Japan or going to Mexico for you got to have that put the time in like. Ray was in Mexico from age 13 to 14 to age 19, 20 when he was in WCW. So he had six years of proper training in uh, CM, CL, CMLL. Thank you. CMLL as a tongue twister. So he was there for a long time. And he was trained by Ray Mysterio Sr., who was technically his uncle, not his dad. So he had proper training, direct training before he was on TV. Dominic is literally tossed into the fire. Like the expression being tossed into the flames is legitimately like Dominic's experience. And some people survive like Kurt Angle, but no offense, Dominic is no Kurt Angle. I mean, look at Gable Stevenson. He had that one spot. Well, we'll talk about it when he gets there, but, yeah. but um, this match was okay. I mean, but mainly because of Miz and, and Logan Paul, at the end you had that. Oh, I should have talked about the actual match. Uh, Logan Paul did the three amigos. The troll Ray. A little slower than expected, but it built for a more dramatic, like, it was cool to see that in the ring. And he did the frog splash for the finish. Like, oh my gosh, what a what a burn. Uh, what what stood out to you in this match? Just honestly, Logan Paul. Because, like, I, I will admit this, like, severely, t- like, several times I've admitted this. I don't care about the Paul brothers. I don't like, either. But I'm not going to go out my way to hate on them either. It's exactly. Like, like, I understand their, what they do. I will admit that sometimes I, like, hate listen to uh, It's Everyday Bro because I love cringe content so much. It's not even just that. I feel like Jake Paul has a great, great views when it comes to, like, UFC fighters not getting paid enough. But that's – you can, like, one aspect, one aspect of a person and not like the person, like – you don't have to agree with everything someone says to not like them or like them. It's just I'm like, all right, you made a good point. Dana White is cheap and should pay these UFC guys better. But also, Jake Paul's also the kind of guy that like he just leeches off whatever's cool. But so does Logan. They kind of all are just all about like, okay, so this is the hot thing this week. Let's do it. But that's that's just media in general. People just do that just to survive. Like, you can't live off YouTube forever. Some people have to step out of their comfort zone. And listen, I I applaud anybody for trying something different. Um, and definitely Logan Paul earned his stripes. <laughs> I think he actually like earned respect in this match for wrestling. Like he can do it. And he fell in love with it. Like I actually listened to podcasts where he had Sasha Banks on it. He's like, he was really like saying, Hey guys, wrestling isn't easy. It hurts like hell. It's been almost a week. And my body still hurts. Like imagine doing that every night. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, a certain someone on this card. I just listened to him talk about his week after his match. And I, we'll get to him because I have a lot to say about this particular person. All right, so I'm gonna give the Miz and and, and Logan versus the oh yeah, the end Miz turned on Logan. Of course he's yeah. against the mysterious. I'm gonna give it a solid three and a half. That's I'm, a solid. That's a half point. I know. I I'm more like three, like solid match. Don't it, mind it, it. Didn't look sloppy. I right. mean, it could have been sloppy. It could have been like bad calling of spots, but no, everybody looked like they knew what they were doing, so you can tell Logan was actually trying at the Performance Center, because he didn't want to look like a fool on national television, or on you know, the cock, as the kids call it these days. <laughs> the peacock, not, 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 not a penis. 
Listen here, McAfee. Yeah, the cack. Yeah, we're gonna call it. That. The kids call it that. Oh man, that was the funniest episode of McAfee <laughs> when Orton was like, "That's what the kids are calling it these days." <laughs> All right, so we move we'll on. We'll get to McAfee. All right, so next matchup here is Gable Stevenson. We just talked about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, introduction by Stephen McMahon. He's having a toast with solo cups. Apparently, this was an insensitive spot because I failed to understand what Gable Stevenson did until I Googled him. Let's not go there. Um, but I will say, controversies aside, um, it was a nice introduction. Cool. But this wasn't the point where he was having a bro section. Right? And it comes later, right? It comes in night two. Okay, night two. All right. It is just an introduction. It is what it is. Um, next matchup. This was my personal favorite. Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. Let's just start with the entrances. Becky's was standard, you know, chauffeured in through a SUV, blacked out windows. She looks badass. New haircut because Bianca, thanks to Bianca. She's rocking the wolf cut, as the girls are calling it. I consider it more the Among, Paramore era. It was the Haley Williams absolutely look. And um, listen, Becky is gorgeous, hands down. This made her hotter. Uh, you don't think he's gorgeous? I have a particular type. We will get to this certain. No, no, but general public speaking, not not preferences. You don't think Becky Lynch is like beautiful, like naturally? Like I, I think, think all all women are beautiful. Okay, like, to be perfect, but she's honest. just not your type. Exactly. Ah, well, so, you know. I'm she's, like, yeah, you're pretty, but that's like, what I'm saying. Like, yeah, she's stunning, uh, especially like with this new cut. It makes her, it almost like accentuates her features. Like, she has a nice jawline, so this haircut kind of takes it because when you have too much hair, it kind of takes away from your face. Yeah, but when you're cutting hair, it actually kind of focuses more. So, and with the deep emo eyeshadow and, and the blacked out gear, she looked like, like a complete villain. And I'm like, okay. This is the Riku cut. That's what it was. <laughs> the Riku from Kingdom Hearts cut. And um, then Bianca with the grand, like, drumline entrance, you know. I was so hoping Nick Cannon were to pull oh, out. Oh, man. Just took the words right out of my mouth. Like, I... He does work for NBC. He had a show Real there. talk. Nick Cannon, why have you not pitched a drumline reboot yet? Why not a drumline series on, like, freaking CW or Peacock? Or, like, a reality show. Like, just imagine, like, an actual drumline. Like, almost like America's Got Talent. But, like, competing. Yes. Best band in the country. Or, like, I mean, they kind of do that already as a sport as itself. But do that for for this. Like, you know, like, give... I don't know. Nick Cannon's got money just sitting on the table there. And, like, think he's the guy for it. But... That aside, Bianca versus uh, Becky, what did you think of the match? It was, like, honestly, this is what I love, which is long-term story building. Yep. Like, long-term booking from, like, that surprise at SummerSlam to now. And just having that story, like, be built up all of this time. Yeah. And to finally pay it off at Mania, it just, like... Made my heart swell. Like, on, this was probably as close to an enjoyable match that I've seen out of WWE. Yeah. That I can equate to Hangman Omega. Yeah. Listen, this match was good. The ladies killed, did their thing. I honestly want to get this match because of quality, psychology, not just moves. A 4.5 because I was impressed. I'm with you too. The only reason why I would knock off half a point 
is just that terrible kick to Bianca's face. I mean, listen, shoot like, kicks may kind of add for more flavor, but, but yes, that that was a pretty bad spot. And it was a, during a senton, right? Because Becky's not known for sentons. Yeah. She does cannonballs or like, she's not a flippy girl. So the fact she did a flip and her foot, there's a reason why she doesn't do flips. She doesn't have the coordination for it. Yeah. And like, again, everyone's got their preferences, but Becky is not exactly a, a, a athlete. She's athletic enough. She even admits that she's not that that athletic at all. Like she failed gym in high school. She was <laughs> never into sports. Like wrestling is the closest thing to sports she's ever done. So again, leave those to the spot monkeys and do what you can. <laughs> yes, I feel like big time Bex is just throwing caution to the wind. Yeah, I mean, if she wants a dive of sorts, maybe a senton like a a tomico would have been better. This was like a almost like a four fifty splash gone wrong, right? That's what it looked like. Yeah. I mean, maybe even just a crossbody. Hell, she could have even done like a frog splash. I think I feel like a frog splash is the the easiest dive you can probably do with minimal flaw. Right, but a frog splash right after the Mysterio Miz Paul mm. match would have been excessive. Like, think about what does Shotzi do? That cannonball sent on. Yes. That that looks pretty doable for yeah. that, for Becky Lynch, right? Something like that, especially with Shotzi not being on TV. For we'll, we'll get to that afterwards. I mean, hey yo, Shotzi, call me up, please. Yeah. Okay. So after this match, we move on. Let's see here. Uh, next match is Seth Rollins versus, versus. the mystery opponents. Yep. Uh, Mister Mystery Opponent. Who could it have been? Who did the internet think it was? Cody Rhodes. Who did we think it was? Cody Rhodes. Who are we expecting? Cody Rhodes. Bro, who did we get? Wrestling. <laughs> what does he always say? Wrestling has more than one royal family. Damn it. Dude, I will <laughs> say this. As much as I was hoping for Smoke and Mirrors to come out, hearing Kingdom at Mania. And people knowing the song. So you know people watch AEW. And this is where I come. I, I, I bring out that one aspect of this. People sang Kingdom. Not everyone. A lot of people sang and knew it. So there is a little crossover between WWE and AEW. But also, Kingdom was also played in New Japan. It was also played in Ring of Honor and Impact. It's one of the few themes that was played in multiple promotions and NWA, multiple promotions around the globe. Second place is uh, um, CM Punk with uh, Cult of Personality. Personality. But I didn't realize that Cody played that theme in so many promotions. And not to mention their main shows, if you think about it. Yeah. And it's actually brought Kingdom into into the charts again. Like, you know, it's risen up. So... I got to give Cody credit. He did what was best for him, and it worked. His run has been great. I mean, I've never seen such a phenomenal babyface run in WWE in a long time. I will say this. At first, when I'm like, I reacted to it. We all did. Like, traitor! (laughs) Literally, I went all like, because I've been playing a lot of Lego Star Wars, traitor! And And here's the issue with that, right? The tribalism with the IWC, I always talk about it on Twitter. It blindsides you with reality, meaning that Cody literally did what was best for himself. I would have done the same in his position. Absolutely. If I wanted more money, I'm going to go over what companies give me more money. It's just, I feel like the reason why Cody's turn didn't sit the right way with me is because think about what they did night one of AEW. The throne breaking. That was all Cody, dude. Like, he admits that on on the Stone Cold sessions coming up, he's gonna admit that. But he already admitted it on a few media scrums. 
Mind you, did you notice WrestleMania had a media scrum? Since when has WrestleMania or any WWE event has had a media scrum? I haven't seen it. I didn't know that. He's bringing aspects of AW into WWE. And I'm loving that. I love that he's like, hey, if we want to treat us like a sporting event, what does every game of basketball or football like post-game interviews post-game interviews and that's a simple concept it's easy and they did a scrum and like dude that's awesome he's taking the things that he probably came up with too considering tony khan was also a sports team owner then he's like that's a great idea he probably pitched in wwe and they ignored him because he wasn't a guy influenced then but now that cody's got some some uh chips under his belt and he's got some clout and i will admit this like my reaction was just like how Basically, he tried, like, pushing himself away from WWE to do that. But then, like, a thought hit me. Yeah. And I want to know if you will agree with me on this. Go for it. You ever play Final Fantasy VI? Yes. And spoiler alert for Final Fantasy VI. Short answer, please play it because it's one of the best RPGs ever. But when Kepka wins and then, like, the time lapse, like, happened... And then you go back and, like, actually go and defeat them. That's what makes that story more impactful. Or Avengers. Yeah. Thanos winning is key. Dark Knight Rises. I feel like Cody needed to lose in WWE. Gain all that extra XP outside to become that person of value. And also, another thing people forget is, yes, Cody sabotage his own AEW run with that stupid stipulation which i've only seen once before with tim storm on nwa and if you watch nwa tim storm still has stuck with that stipulation why would you at 33 give yourself that stipulation that was the dumbest mistake he admits it it was the dumbest mistake he did like, oh but the fans would have hated me like as champ like no it would make sense because you were over as a babyface in your own company prior to your tnt run i feel like if anything you were pushing yourself more, making this, let's be honest, mid-card belt seemed like a second world title. The TNT title was not that. From its inception, it looked like a, looked like a shitty version of the Raw tag belt. Like, it was not a pretty-looking belt. The only perfect person that brought any relevance to it was the late, great Brody Lee and Miro. And then Cody, because he shoehorned himself into it so many times, but... He could have been world champion once, just once. I'm going to say he needs like 12,000 title runs, but one run, and then you want to do the stipulation, so be it. But because you never gave himself a world title shot, and he keeps claiming he's the best wrestler in the world, you can't if you can't hold the world title in any promotion. And also, he left it a good point because, let's be honest, with Brian Danielson, CM Punk, and all these new people coming into AEW, he was going to get buried in the shuffle. Just because, again, he was a top mid-carder to top guy in AEW prior to big names arriving. And I will say this. like, I do kind of wish we knew what was booked for like the conclusion of like his sort of storyline. Like, What if he would have succumbed to, you know, the fans? Uh, he'll turn. He really did stick to his guns that he was not going to turn heel, and that's what hindered him. Just turn heel. If he turned heel, we would have loved the Ring of Honor, you know, kiss the ring Cody Rhodes because that's what we know him to be, a two-faced heel. Even Brian Danielson said it, that Cody Rhodes is really good at lying. So ever since that came out, I'm like, yeah, Cody really is good at lying. Like, if you would have embraced it, 
It would have been nice. I wanted to see what the conclusion was. Because honestly, and this might have been controversial, I wanted him to be the one to take the title off of Hangman. Uh, yes, because the heat would have been immense, like yeah. Bully Ray would have said. <laughs> but also, it would have been cool to see a heel Cody versus a face CM Punk. That would have been interesting. And the the bullshit line he said, like, oh, I, I had no more dream matches left in AEW. You are licking boot, Cody. You had no dream matches? You don't have Brian Danielson on your list? You don't have Sting, who you said is your favorite wrestler? And now he's in WWE saying Triple H is a favorite wrestler? Now we know you're a carny fuck. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, I like Cody as a person, but don't bullshit me. Don't bullshit a bullshitter. You literally campaign. This is why I think he's perfect for politics. Because he's a good-ass liar. And listen, I have no hate towards him as a person. But don't tell us, oh yeah, Sting is my favorite wrestler. I can't wait to face him one day. Leave that company. Go to the competitor and say, oh yeah, the my favorite wrestler is Triple H. Like, I don't know. Just a couple weeks ago, you said Sting was your favorite. So what the hell? Just change your mind out of nowhere? Like The zeros on the contract changed his mind. Exactly. And he's a good actor. Like, listen, Cody, you prove this. You can act because you made it seem like you genuinely care he made the tribalism, and he admits that he created the tribalism. The throne breaking, the shots, even the Bucks, the elite did not want to do this. They didn't want to, like, they wanted to throw jabs in BT because that's a, a tongue-in-cheek humor. Yeah. But Cody took it personal. And even Omega was, like, quoted. I've read Omega quotes from a year ago where he doesn't really fuck a Cody. Like, he was, he's like, we can work together, but we're not, like, hanging out together. He's like, we're not drinking Diet Pepsi together. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I do got to admit the BTE moment when they're celebrating their 300th episode and it shows Co- uh, at Omega like on the couch, just like watching like what AEW has become since he's been gone. He's like, you know what? I'm going to call the Bucks. Oh, they're just probably busy. You know what? Let me call Cody. We're sorry. The number you have dialed has been hit. And that have is, you seen BTE? Of course. And but that moment, I'm like, oh. Yeah. And listen, this is... One of the main reasons that fans were turning on Cody, and I don't like to bring this up, Brandy. Brandy, as a promoter or in-ring personality, she, she, in my opinion, this is just not, I'm just saying, she never came off as she wanted to play along. I feel like she had her own agenda since the beginning. Like, I want to be a heel. But how can you be a heel when your husband's a babyface? That, that already, like, from the get-go, you're sabotaging yourself, or you're kind of, like, you. she refuses to be a babyface, apparently. Like, she refuses it. Oh, God, now I'm getting flashbacks to the Nightmare Collective. The Nightmare Collective nonsense. Like, and she wasn't, she was very green at the time. And she didn't, run, and, and she even admitted she wasn't ready for the ring to be, but they didn't have such a small woman's roster then that they had to focus on Brandy. And, like, and then she, when she was on her uh, road to the top saying, hey, I want to win a belt in the AEW. Like, that's nice and all, but nah. Not with the talent roster they have now. She should have won a belt in the first year when they had nobody. That's it. Inaugural Women's Champ before Rio or, like, you know, use the Nightmare Collective to win against Rio. That's when she could have gotten a title under her belt. Yeah. But not just because you feel like it. It's not... And then, have you noticed that she not popped up in WWE? Like, at all? Well, now that she has like her network deal for uh, Peacock, probably I'm assuming. Yeah. I'm assuming the shot of Brandy's gonna be on Peacock, which is listen. I love her shot of Brandy show. I love just her online presence because that's the real her. But her wrestling presence never fit. Like, I can't wait to see what 
if she is she gonna be like Maurice where she pops in that you know here and there maybe I mean again we're only at the uh, honeymoon of the Cody WWE run so I think we're now back to normal WWE where like the ratings are showing the normal fan base not like the over exaggerated post mania fan base yes and I have one thing I'm afraid of go for it be honest here we're not here to I I, I don't hold back and I'm like don't get me wrong. Yeah. I love the fact that he came back and said, like, he wanted to win. For his dad, which yeah. is awesome. I I don't want, which, spoiler alert, this entire buildup of Roman being the top guy to just be handed over to Cody. If that happens, honestly, I am turning off and not coming back. You think they're going to super Cena, Cody? I don't think so. I... I'm afraid of that. Only way that could happen if Roman goes to Hollywood and never comes back, just like Cena did and just like Rock did. Only way is that's happening because Roman is so protected. They really invested in this guy. Remember, he was a babyface against our will for five years. And now look at how he came back. As a superhero. That's when I started loving Roman. Hell, I bought the Universal title because of uh, the Travel Chief. Like, And I don't even like that film. I don't even like that belt, but I like what it represented at the time. The Tribal Chief Storyline was the best thing to be, best thing in wrestling for a while. Dude, that I Quit match is honestly my favorite WWE match in the Thunderdome, with the exception of the Firefly Funhouse. Is that the one where him and Uso were uh, J- J- uh, main event Uso? Yeah. That's the one match I didn't see. I didn't see that pay-per-view at all. I think I didn't have the network at the time. They weren't on Peacock just yet. But now they're on Peacock, so I'm going to look back at it and just... Dude, man, like, honestly, like... So good? Ah, oh, it'll tear out your heart. It. Uh, all right, so we're diverging yeah. out of this w- way too much. Uh, yeah. We haven't even talked about the match. So, Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes. I'm going to be honest. It would have been five stars in the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> it could have been tighter if there was just, like, a couple more minutes shaved off. I think it went a little bit longer than tooth, but... It was a great... This was my second favorite match of the night. I will say this. Um, him doing the Stardust taunt. But, I never thought he would do that. You know what's funny? I wanted him to do that with the finger flips like he did in AEW. But I know you can't do finger flips in WWE. So that's why he vouched for the... Ah, whatever. You know, but... It was a nice touch because the fans were kind of like, Hey, we know who you are. Like, you know... But this was a solid match. Like, Seth Rollins stepped his game up. And this sequence, apparently it was inspired by a drag queen or something, his outfit. I saw the drag queen posted on Twitter that his outfit was like her look. So apparently um, she, he's definitely watching RuPaul with Becky at home or something. <laughs> That's why he got the sequence, you know, I don't know what it's called. But it was a it was a very uh, peculiar looking look for him. That he, not, not your typical Seth Rollins look. Yeah. He's more of a comic book guy or like, you know, fantasy guy where it's like, you know, his uh, Frost King look that he did one year and he's done many uh, like power rangers the white ranger gear one year like he's done a lot of those but this one's a completely like left field for me like all right you know what it's probably what home watching more tv with his wife so you know baby's finally down he wants to watch his own escapist entertainment i think his own escapist is probably football but if it's not in season he's probably watching drag race with his wife i mean it is what it is Sometimes you gotta like watch shows with your spouse that you you would think you don't want to like, and then you actually start liking. You're like, oh wait, this actually is a pretty good show. Yeah. So, see what happens when you open your uh, open your uh, uh, checkbook. 
No, when you get open out of your, your com- getting out of your open comfort, your mind, open your mind and get out of your comfort zone. There we go. Yeah, and and he got a good look out of it because he looked great. Um, but yeah, this this was all of Cody's high spots. Uh, no blood, so sadly there was no blading. <laughs> uh, Cody's known for the blading, uh, which is one thing I've noticed about his run here versus AEW is since he doesn't have he doesn't he can't blade. I feel like he's trying more for psychology. Not that the blading is the psychology, but I feel like it became his crutch after a while. Yeah, like... Like, every match he had to get bladed. Like, every fucking match, dude. Like, you really, like, you deadass gotta get bladed. Every, like, come on, dude. It got, it got, it got too uh, egregious, as they say. But I honestly gave this match four stars. It was, like, pretty solid. It hit all the notes. And, again, if it was a little tighter, it would have been four and a half, maybe even five. But it wasn't yes. anything incredible it was just a really standard good match it is a good welcome back like oh yeah, exactly there wasn't story behind it there hell they had two months they could have easily put a story on raw and built to this but the surprise element i guess was a i guess people were more curious to see the surprise versus you know just like that camera look as like he was rising up like after my rage subsided i'm like he seems like he's right and, you know, minus the fire marshal being around for every pyro oh, since then. Oh, Lord. Cody and his epic pyro. And the fact that he kept his Nightmare logo, I didn't know that was him. But then I forgot in Tony Khan's uh, AEW thing, he doesn't own everybody's stuff. He has everybody copyright their own stuff, which I thought I find it strange that he actually would uh, – I mean, not strange. I think, I think it's admirable that he's like, listen, I don't want to own your copyrights, your stuff. It's your creative. So everybody kind of, like, operates their own stuff. So I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. Because, you know, he treats them like independent contractors. What a, what a, what a, what a shock. Yeah. <laughs> so Cody kept this Nightmare Collective, uh, collective Nightmare Family logo, which begs the question, will Cody have a Nightmare Family in, a, uh, in WWE? And will it be face or baby uh, or heel? I don't know. Give and it time. Honestly, so far, we're, we're so in the – people are still loving Cody. Yeah. So, like, let's go through this entire honeymoon phase. If it gets stale. Please don't take the goddamn title off of Roman. I mean, he's going to probably take the WWE title. And I feel like he needs a faction against the Usos. You're going to have to, you could have the Nightmare family having two. Who, who, which mid-carders on Raw right now could be a natural fit for Cody? Rated RK, bro. Oh, well, you know, there you go. It's a natural storyline. It's looking like it doesn't... And it makes sense. Legacy and Riddle is definitely an up-and-comer that's getting shine. So, yeah, the Nightmare family is Cody, Randy, and Riddle. There you go. And it's storyline. Tag team, tag team, world champ, world champ. Like, I feel like that's what they're setting up. And honestly, even though I, like, cringe by saying it, I, I want to see that match. Because think about it. You have Orton enjoying the time of his life right now. Yep. You have Cody basically enjoying it. And Riddle just enjoying that he's... With both of them. Yeah, Riddle's just a happy-to-be-there kind of guy. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't wait to see the Nightmare family fold eventually because into this and it becomes a faction and get a War Games. That's the thing. I feel like WWE does not use War Games enough. NXT has it. Yeah. But they don't want to use it. Uh, I mean, what, Hell in the Cell pretty much probably the one spot that could do it? Which is weird because, like, Cody wants everything that, like, his dad has done. Yeah. I guarantee you he wants to bring back Great American Bash and compete there. WWE does have the copyright for it. and He wants to compete in the War Games. I mean, let's just say instead of a War Games, they just have a Hell in a Cell 
main event match. Hell in a Cell is both factions. You can't escape. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the one thing that could be closer. Or even just a standard cage match. But a main roster war games, think about that. I feel like it's too gimmicky for Vince. Vince does gimmicks, but he barely... Hell, his extreme rules aren't even extreme enough anymore. So I think he really likes to keep things just story-driven and really doesn't rely too much on gimmicks. And that's fine because everyone's got their preferences. But I feel like one war games wouldn't hurt the company. Just saying. So, and especially because, let's be honest, you think NXT's current roster can even pull off a good war games anymore? We saw what the last one looked like. Right. And with the budget cuts and all that stuff. We don't even know who's going to be there in the next year. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to recognize 2.0 in a year. Like, I'm not going to know anybody on that roster. They'll be I, at 3.0 at that point. Yeah, I think so, because I feel like Bronson, um, what's his actual name? Bron- Bronson Steiner. Right, Bronson Steiner is, you know, uh, Bron Breaker is his stage name. He's going to get called up real soon, because he's too good. He's too nice. Um, so, I again, once you call up the current crop, there's nobody that really stands out. I feel like there's a lot of green talent that comes from other worlds that's not wrestling, who you're going to have to like, kind of like have to build from scratch. So NXT is going to be at a really rough stage in a year, which is natural considering you're going to call up, or, you know, it happens all the time. You call up the co-op and you got to rebuild from scratch. So that being said, uh, we got the next match of the year is Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. Yeah. I gave the star a one out of five. I give it a one and a half titties out of five. It was booty, butt cheeks, bad. Dude, that was the only thing I was focused on. I'm going to be honest. Every time Charlotte's nipple was on screen, it's like, oh, look, there it is again. What? You got to see that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they blacked it out on the network now, but live, it was all over the place. No shit. I didn't really even realize that. My gosh. I was so not paying attention then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is honestly like the yin and yang from the Becky-Bianca match. Because like while that one had so much build, this one had like sort of like the same sort of build like you could have had. And this one just happened to fall flat. Well, the sad part is we all know what should have happened. Ronda needed the mouthpiece. We all thought Malcolm Bivens would eventually be that mouthpiece for her. Or a Paul Heyman. But they refuse to give her a mouthpiece. She can't speak well. She sounds so monotone. Look, okay, I love Furious 7 so much. I fast forward anytime she was on screen for that. She was so monotone. She doesn't have charisma. I haven't watched Expendables 3 because she's in it. She's a bad actress. I'm just being honest. Rhonda is like a plank. You know, she's like... Oh, please, no disrespect to my boy from Ed and Eddie. <laughs> like, playing Ken Moat. Like, oh, did you see gosh. what happened to him when, like, his parents got their heads chopped off? Oh, Lord. Like, honestly, like... Yeah, straight up, I'm just not a fan of Ronda as a character. Her wrestling's okay. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's not great. But she needs to step her game up in her promos. Like, she needs promo class so bad. Like, honestly... I feel like Shayna is more successful in the transition. Here's the issue with Shayna. And I know why Vince won't push her. Shayna doesn't fall in the sexy Vixen category. Where Ronda can somewhat... He looks more attractive, per se, to you know to Vince's standards. Blonde and... you know, It's, it's a Vinceism. Because yeah. Triple H was pushing Shayna to the moon. Yeah, like, remember back with... Uh... 
Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir, like, always being around her in NXT. Yep. And just, like, building her up. And that was, like, awesome. Yeah. And now, like, with Ronda, what do you do, honestly? You have the marquee name, and you have her do this big return at the Rumble. You build up to this match against... She just she just needs promo classes, and she'll be better. But her marquee, her name brand is going to... I think she's going to leave once her contract's up. Whether it's this year or next year, she's done for good. And like she makes, she probably makes way more money on Facebook gaming than she does on on WWE at this point. And but even on Facebook gaming, she has more charisma than she does in WWE. So just she's not good at scripts in general. Like I don't know what it is, but it wasn't a good match. Here's she, my controversial statement. Go for it. We're all here for it. Bring the Rock in, because that would have tied in yes. from the first time you shown Ronda Rousey. If the Rock was an active roster member, or even Kurt Angle was an active roster or like somewhat like if Kurt was still a producer on WWE he would have made uh chicken salad out of chicken shit with Ronda not that I'm saying Ronda Rousey's chicken shit but he would have taken her worst aspects and made gold out of her because Kurt is a charisma like machine he knows he knows the, for a guy that wasn't like an avid wrestling guy he 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 adapted in like a sponge when he got into the business and he could do the same for her Kind of like uh, Brian Danielson's doing with Jade in AW, like he's helping her in her aspects she's not good at. Which I have a funny story to tell you. Oh no, wait! I think I told you it at PAX East the whole thing about Jade. Oh yeah, let's leave that out of this. Yeah, the whole baddie section. Yeah, I mean I'm loving the baddie section as as a faction now. Yeah, which I didn't see that coming, but we'll talk about that in a different podcast. Yeah. Um, but here, all right. Next up is the main event, the actual main event. The KO show. Uh, the KO show. Kevin Owens invites Stone Cold over because he insulted him for the past month and a half. Insulting Texas. Go for it. This is why KO resigned. Literally this, and it makes perfect sense. Listen, I never questioned Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn for resigning. They were in the top of the card. Of course they're going to resign. Those guys are, um, what's what I'm looking for? They're in a different category than the average roster member. Because they are in the, what I would call, the Randy Orton, John Cena. Like, set, established. Established acts. Like, you know, Seth Rollins. They're in that threshold. There was no way in hell Vince was going to let those guys go. Mind you, Kevin didn't even have a chance to even think about a different company. Because as soon as the contract was up, Vince himself spoke to him and said, Listen, stay right there. Hear me out. We're going to sign you up. Main event WrestleMania. Kevin Owens versus the Texas Rattlesnake, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Battle of the Stunners. Oh, it's such good shit. It's such good shit. So, I yes. gotta admit, your McMahon is a lot better than mine. It's because I've been studying McMahon for years. And some people go overboard. You gotta just break it down a little bit. But yes. So, what do you think, Owens? Sign for $5 million. Dude, that's a little bit too good. I'm, yeah, I'm it's, a little, it's a little too on the... Like, I blink for a second, but I, like, close my eyes a bit too long, and I'm like, oh, shit. I feel like I shouldn't sneeze now. Oh, my gosh. That is funny. But, wow. like, yeah, I I honestly never thought I would see Stone Cold in a match. Considering the send-off at 19. No, considering they offered him, like, millions for Saudi Arabia and he refused. And I... Maybe it was a moral standpoint more than a money one. But uh, Stone Cold took the money when it came to Mania. So I think it was because it was A, in Texas, uh, his home crowd. B, um, 
it, the money was obviously good. But C, he respects the hell out of Kevin Owens. So it may be the specific opponent. And that way you end your, this would be like a cherry on top for his career. Like, this is the best Stone Cold match I've honestly seen. Think about it. He wasn't known for, like, great matches, aside from him and Brett. And that was the beginning of his career. Since that match, has he ever had a match this good? X7. Yeah. But I feel like that's more in the storytelling of the match than, like... That's what I'm saying. This one was a good physical match for Stone Cold. Like, he did spots. He wasn't just, you know, kicking the mud hole in. He was actually doing a full-on match, and it was, in his element, a street fight. Yeah, here's the thing. I'm looking at, like, the match time for it. 14 minutes. And it felt like half an hour. So yeah. Mu- so much happened. And I'm like, dude, this is the best WrestleMania ever because of this. This is how you get the casual fan back, the uh, fans that stop watching. Because, again, I know a lot of families that have Peacock. Not for WWE, but for The Office or other stuff. Because, let's be honest, Netflix right now is on everyone's shit list. They're going to be obsolete within a year. I, I'm a theory. I think either Universal Peacock or Amazon might be the ones to buy Netflix. They haven't invested many resources. I mean, Bezos got money from here to the moon, literally. But Universal Peacock doesn't have a lot of IPs. They have none. They've admitted that they need more IPs for their app to like grow. Why not just siphon the best IPs from Netflix? The work's already there. A lot of those people are for- your former employees that left your company. That's what I've heard. A lot of them are former NBC, Universal producers and writers that went to Netflix to try something different. So I'm like, hey, go for it. You don't lose anything out of it, really. Yeah, I'm, again, perfectly honest. As soon as Stranger Things wraps up, I'm canceling it. I think I already canceled. And I, I didn't give a shit about the last season of Stranger Things. At this point, I'm like, it's too far. I, I don't care. I might just, like, it's hard to say. Like, there are a couple shows I want to finish. Like, you know, uh, Money Heist is a big one I'm into. Um, Stranger Things, Ozark. But I'm waiting to see what happens with Netflix first before I yeah. hop on. And plus, I could use a break from Netflix. So I, I haven't barely used it. I realized that out of all the streaming apps, doesn't want to like HBO Max is my number one at this point. Yeah, dude. No spoilers, but I can't wait to watch the Batman in 4K. Oh yeah, it's so good. So that being said, yeah, that wraps up night one. We're gonna take a small commercial break and come back for night two. Stay tuned. Don't move that dial. Even though dials don't exist in 2022, brother, <laughs> brother. That's it. That's enough before we get DCMA. <laughs> All right. So welcome back. This is night two of WrestleMania 37? 38. 38. God, I'm bad at the moment. The most stupendous Stup- review. Oh, yeah. And night two was... It was something. It was stupendous. I feel like we got to make up for not mentioning. Yeah, we didn't mention stupendous moniker, which, hey, kind of was when you think about it. They actually looked up to it. They gave us what exactly what we thought. Yeah. We start the night now with RK Bro versus Street. No, no, no. We start with Triple H. Oh, well, yeah, the Triple H entrance and him kind of like giving his uh, swan song 
you know, yeah, that he rightfully deserved. I'm sad that he has to retire so young. Yeah. For I mean, hard issues are hard issues. You get you gotta do what's best for you. You know what I mean? So, shouts out to Hunter, and I hope he gets better. Um, but he's no longer part of the business. It sucks. It's like a chapter closed, and he said on ESPN confirming it. I think it was on first take with Stephen A. Smith, and yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I hope good, great things happen in the future. And again, politics aside, I kind of wish Hunter was the guy to take over WWE, but it is what it is. We'll see what his uh, futures look like, and he's still with the company in some form or fashion. So, you know, hats off to him. I will admit this: Triple H was always that dude as a kid. I always hated watching because you know he was such a great heel. It's funny because he was such an awesome heel as a kid, and then somewhere in '06, he became the biggest baby face of the company, and it worked. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, here's the thing: I wasn't a fan of Triple H. But as I grew up, I love Paul Levesque. You grew to appreciate the man behind the, the character. Yes, especially with everything he did for NXT. Oh, yeah. Like, his era and just, like, he actually treated, He actually treated the women roster like they were actually part of the roster. Like, okay, let's not compare it to today's NXT 2.0 where, good God, it's just abysmal as far but as let's just, treatment. Let's just acknowledge all the good that he No, no, that wasn't his. He did great. Yeah. He did a great things at NXT. I don't want to like just bring down NXT by mentioning no, no, no. that. Absolutely. I just want to focus on the black and gold era was the best era. It was awesome. It was it gave us Adam Cole, the undisputed era. It gave us Gargano and, and, and Tommaso Ciampa. It gave us a lot of Shinsuke Nakamura, Sami Zayn. Like, Keith Lee. It gave us everything that we love about. AEW, let's be honest. Yeah. The black and gold era was the precursor. Like, it still lives on through AEW. I think that if you want that indie-rific style matches, that's where you go watch it now. Nothing against 2.0. It's just not my cup of tea. But on WWE, the only thing that comes close to that style is NXT UK right now. Like, NXT UK, people sleep on it. It is amazing stuff. It's different. It's shorter. But that's the style of wrestling you want to see that's where you could see it still so this is free promo for NXT UK watch it on Peacock if you can if you got the network in other countries go for it because people are missing out on great not just indie wrestling but great pro wrestling on NXT UK and I'll always like if I ever get a chance to meet him I just want to thank him for everything my he's done. only gripe about NXT is I never got to go to a takeover I want to go to take over Brooklyn so many times. And Brooklyn's not that far from here. Not only that, they had a takeover in Bridgeport. Bro, the fact... Listen. Takeover 25, I believe? No, they had NXT in Lowell that I missed because I forgot. I went. I Nor Samoa Joe became champ. I heard it was amazing. That one I didn't go to. It was more like a house show one. Oh, that was previous year then. Yeah. I think this one, Finn Balor lost the belt to Samoa yeah. Joe. That was crazy. I'm like, dude, I wish I went there. My coworkers went. I'm like, why didn't no one tell me? You know, it's like you go to wrestling shows and invite me, son of a bitch. Like, uh, but anyways, back to night two. Um, with the first match, RK Bro versus Street Profits versus Alpha Academy. Um, it's kind of a hard one for me. I wasn't watching Raw or SmackDown at this point. I think I kind of fell for a bit. So I didn't know about the Alpha Academy becoming a thing. I knew they existed, but I didn't pay mind to them. But they actually got over with the fans. It's a shush. Thank you. Thank you. Like I, get, I saw the beginning phase of the Alpha Academy. Again, it wasn't for me. I'm not a hater. It just wasn't for me. I'm going to say something to make people like, you can't unsee it now. What? 
Otis without his beard looks like Francis from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Bro, Otis needs his beard back so badly. Because no offense, he... He looks like, like Francis. Listen, me without a beard, I look terrible. I People say, oh, you're a good-looking guy. I'm like, except I'm not a good-looking guy. I just look a certain way with a beard versus when I'm clean-shaven. I look way too different without a beard that I don't even recognize myself. Like, it doesn't fit my character. It doesn't fit my who I am. And just having stubble, just a little stubble, adds a different layer of, like, there. it really is something to say, like, what makeup is to women, facial hair is to guys. Like, it really changes who you look like, how you act, and all that stuff. I don't know, because for me, with a beard, I look like Drake. Without it, I look like wheelchair Jimmy. You look like a... Creepy best in high schooler, yeah. So I think, exactly. I think we have. I got the baby face, and got, I embrace it. Yeah, we're getting older. I'm, the older I get, the more I embrace the baby face because I know people my age, bald to the core, bald core, <laughs> bald to the core, or, or even like severe grays. Like, man, is that what kids does to you? <laughs> but anywho, uh, night two of WrestleMania, we got RK Bro, Street Profits. You started off. Go ahead. What do you thought of the matches? Like, I will admit, I re-looked up, like, everything building in these storylines for one reason and one reason only. Randy Orton's interview on Pat McAfee. Oh, yeah. Just, like, I love how he was just mentioning, like, I love this shit, man. I love it so much. And it's, like, him admitting to all this stuff, considering all the stories about Orton in the past, and, like, how he's having the most fun in his career drew me back into like that segment like don't get me wrong like riddle i've been a fan of his since the ufc yeah but like the both of them together it's it's weird it's like a combination i never knew i wanted until i got it it's like when i found out about dominican pizza yeah the corn and ham yeah it's a specific type of flavor like i know people don't know this if you're not if you're not hispanic Dominican pizza, pretty much, they, they prefer ham and corn and pizza, but it actually, it's not a bad combo if you eat it. I don't eat pork, so I don't know what the pizza would taste like, but... I didn't have that till Thursday. Oh, you've never had it? No! But you know what What? What's, what makes it good? It's beach pizza. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you go to the beach or a lake with Dominican pizza, I think it has that, like, beach... Like, you know we eat, like, chips and, and a white bread and ham and cheese sandwich after you go swimming? Oh! It's that same sensation. I feel that. Like, I just had it because it was my niece's birthday. Shout out to you, Maya. I love and appreciate you so much. And, um, yeah. So, enough of food. Uh, yeah. This match, man, there are a lot of great spots this match. Absolutely. Montez Ford flying once again. Uh, Otis, my God, he is a brick wall with eyes. Like, this guy is so oh, yeah. dense. Oh, yeah. And, um... In the end, RK Bro retains, but against the odds of gr- a great match here. Like, what a great match. Everyone got their shit in. It, it was a great phenomenal. I'm, I give, I'm giving this a 4 out of 5. It was a solid opener. I will give it more like a 3.5. That's fine. Because, like, it's a good way to, like, pump up the crowd. Absolutely. Like, it's good transition. Start off strong, you know. It's a good transition from, like, the emotions we have with Triple H. Yeah. And it, and it rubs you up to, like, see more wrestling. And it was so good. So And it's, like, a good, solid, like, handing the baton of, like, you know, evolution. Yeah. And um, that, wow, I didn't even think about that. You're right. Next match here, I have almost versus... Well, Bobby. we got to talk about the end of the match where, like, 
Um, Gable Stevenson. Yes. Ah, uh, this is the frat boy spot that I don't want to talk about. Apparently, people online were saying the frat boy spot where they all cheer with cups of uh, beer, or whatever it was, and you know Chad Gable hit, hits the cup and gets gets wrecked by Gable Stevenson. That was a funny spot. That it was a kind of a callback or reminder of Gable Stevenson's uh, crime. Yeah. That I don't want to touch here because it's it's already been sealed and delivered. But that's why I'm like, ooh, I mean, they kind of then again, WWE does this with the yeah. Jeff, Jeff Hardy and in the, the alcoholic and Sheamus, right? Like they they pick at things. I don't think this was intentionally that. It was just solo cups or street profits thing. And they're like, hey, the solo cups are here. Let's have a cheers, you know, just like we do with Stone Cold. But it did trigger some people. And I've not seen Gable Stevenson on Raw since. Yeah. Like, he hasn't been on TV. Like, he was supposed to be on Raw, right? Like, he's done school. He's ready to come back to WWE. Or or is he graduating in May? And then I feel like he's graduating first, getting his degree, and then they're going to bring him to the pro- performance center. He's already been training, though. He has been training. And then... He- the rumor is he's having his first match at SummerSlam. That's fine. And that works out. But it's going to be hard to get people to rally behind him with, again, controversy from the get-go. And that sucks because it's like this guy was a collegiate champion, first you know gold medal Olympian. And he's got, he's got some marks in his, in his resume. So we'll, we'll see what happens with this, this project because, again, WWE is not full of Boy Scouts. There are people that have checkered pasts. And they've done well, and, and, and they've they've know how to navigate around it. Let's just leave it at that. So, yeah, you know, we'll see how he is as a wrestler. But um, I not that I'm going to have my personal apprehensions for him because, again, uh, I take court cases very serious, and I take crimes very serious, and people's, uh, you know, same sim- similar situation with uh, Velveteen Dream or like yeah. or like uh, a um, a um, What's another one? That, another court case recently. Oh my gosh, I just had it with my tongue. Uh, Deshaun Watson? No, no, not even that. Um, gosh, he's on the roster right now and he's getting big. Uh, theory. That's another one that uh, I don't want to touch. I, I didn't know the Theory one. Oh, Theory also has a... You can Google it later. Theory also has a checkered past. Oh, okay. But again, that's what I'm saying. Like, Riddle... Kind of technically has a checkered pass too. Yeah. So I mean, again, if, everyone's got like their own. So if there's something to say, like, hey, maybe they're maybe the, as a whole, there should be a, we should kind of just uh, again, this is supposed to be escapism. These aren't. Yeah. These are characters. I mean, if you want to be a fan of certain people, it's all you. But I'm not gonna be here to freaking uh, uh, gatekeep who the hell you like or not. So, especially when it comes to the actual sport of pro wrestling. So that being said, next match up here. Almost versus Lashley, the almighty Bobby Lashley. This was an okay match. This I call the Big E Invitational. Because, <laughs> like, with Big E not being there, yeah. which, by the way, get well soon, man. It, it's been a crummy 2022 for you. I yeah. just want nothing but the best for you, dude. Heal up good and just be healthy to just walk around. Like, I don't, I don't even care to, you know, take your time coming back in the ring. Like, just yeah. feel good when you're ready. We'll be here waiting for you. But I call this the Big E Invitational because it is everything what he loves. Big, sweaty men slapping meat. Ah, uh, it was an homage to his uh, moniker. No, Omos. <laughs> it was a shout-out to Big E's uh, 
New Day pod, rest in peace, New Day podcast, uh, <laughs> New Day podcast uh, segment where he was talking about big beefy men slapping, big me. sweaty men, big beefy men slapping me, and he was just dying laughing because he wants his dream match to be against Goldberg. If Goldberg has one more in him, that's the one. That's it. Um, I didn't care for this match. That's why I'm gonna give it like a. I'm gonna be perfectly honest. That's when I went bathroom break. No, not even a bathroom break. That is when I left my buddy's house, who lives down by, uh, near the Beacons. Yeah. Left his house, hit up the 7-Eleven there, got some snacks, came back, match was over. Yeah. But I went back to watch it, and it's kind of like a promo Joe thing. He brings up the fact that, uh, Omos is the Jolly Green Giant. He is Giant Gorsala's all over again. He's Great Kali all over again. And I made this comparison with Satnam Singh and one of my buddies' buddies. They're like, that's just stereotype. They're like, no, it's not. I'm not saying it because it's Indian. I'm saying it because he's a giant man that can't wrestle. <laughs> Let's be honest. Almost as green as uh, the giant green giant. And nothing against the guy. His uh, interview with Ryan Satin was great. He comes off as a nice person. But again, doesn't mean, just because you're a nice person doesn't mean you're a great wrestler. Am I going to lie and be like, oh yeah, he's amazing in the ring? No. Who, I'm, no one's paying to see Homos. He's just a Ben Sism. Like, Vince Gasm, like, oh yeah, big tall guy. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, last you're seven feet tall, but, and you can't teach that. Oh lord, see, at least that guy can wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we move on here. Uh, oh yeah, I didn't get a rating. Uh, Lashley did good, but he carried one, two, just to be nice. Uh, out of five stars, in case you guys are wondering. Uh, next one up is my favorite match of the night. <laughs> the celebrity, ma- the other celebrity match. Wait, can I just start this off? Go for it. If you just added this at the end of Jackass Forever, it would have been amazing. Like it felt like it. Oh my! This was a <laughs> death match on WWE. Yeah, this was a GCW match. Literally, and I thought I never would see a death match on WWE, but there's ways to WWEify it, and that's like no blood, uh, no puncturing of the body parts, but all the fucking objects possible. Oh my god! The, the giant rat trap. Let's be honest, that was the funniest part of the whole thing. No, Wee Man's body slam. Oh, dude, Michael Cole. I've never seen Michael Cole. So hyped. He looked like Mario than Ronaldo when he did when he's like, Wee man, he's got Sammy Zayn over his shoulders and tossed him. Like, bro, you made it seem like it was Hulk Hogan and Andre all over again. Like he I've seen that edited. <laughs> like somebody puts the Hulk Hogan audio like the Gorilla Monsoon yeah. audio from that and like it is the funniest thing. I need to send that to you. R.I.P. Gorilla Monsoon. That was funny, man. That this was this was, this was sports entertainment. Yes. And I was sports entertained. Yes. And it was sports entertainment uh, personified. It is the what I call the give Jim Cornette a heart attack match. And I loved it. Dude, when Pontius came out and they brought up a reference to Naked Midian. Bro, I thought Pontius at first was a fan. Because <laughs> he didn't look like the Chris Pontius of Wild Boys. I forget people age, you know, and... He he uh he hasn't been on TV in a while, so he has not he's yeah. not as recognizable. He you know what he kind of reminded me of? He kind of looked like Charlie from AEW. Oh just a little less jacked version. Because he just had the security guard face. Like he just had a guy like, did this guy just jump the, the barricade? Like, oh it's Pontius. Okay, cool. Um but yeah, the old and new Jackass, uh, odd features part of Jackass now. Like when that, that I think ha- it's just uh Jasper. Just Jasper. 
I know Jasper and one of the other off future guys. Two of them. No, I think I think even uh, Tyler is on the, in the movie. I haven't seen the movie. Well, I think it's because they crossed over because Loiter Squad was produced by the Jackass crew. So, okay, so that's where these. Yeah. So part of the Loiter Squad isn't Jackass now because yeah. let's be honest, the Jackass guys are getting older. They've taken enough bumps in their, in their own world, and they need new people to continue this. Yeah, like Machine Gun Kelly. Rock Savior. Oh, who's going back to rap because he he is hated by the rock guys. Oh. No, please send him to country. Yeah, that's where all, they all go to die. Send him the, the country music. Okay, so this match, I'm gonna be very honest. I'm giving it a six stars Tokyo Dome rating. No, dude, I'm I'm going Meltzer. I'm saying seven out of five. So like good. honestly, it is the best match I've ever seen. Since Rocky versus Thunderlips. This was the most entertainment. Like, listen, Sami Zayn definitely is the best guy for this kind of match where it doesn't make him look weak because his character is kind of a smarmy guy anyways. Yeah. Like, he can hold his own, yeah. Dude, the hand. The, I didn't see that coming. And I love that I didn't see it coming. The, what did the five fingers say to the face? Slap. Bro, McAfee was... I, I know that McAfee has admitted that he's always high before he does SmackDown. Which I'm surprised didn't become a thing, but then I realized WWE just lifted their weed policy from their from their uh, for performers. Considering he he's a performer now, yeah, he technically is. Uh, but yeah, so and and of course McAfee and Cole both made this more entertaining than it should have been, but it was already that amazing. You know what this reminded me of? This is the most fun I've had at like a ridiculous match like this. It was ridiculousness. Since the Wii LC match yep. years ago. This was, and then the only thing negative, why couldn't Swoggle be on this match? Like they could have brought in Swoggle versus Wii Man. Just for a spot, like under the ring, like he pulls out for like weapons and tables and then Swoggle's just chilling there kind of like. Yeah, but honestly, like an unbiased thing, like yeah, this was my favorite match of the weekend because biggest pop, like it was. And Knoxville held his own. Knoxville was in there holding his own. Like he, he's a guy. I feel like this is a redemption for the Jackass crew after that whole Umaga spot back in '06. Do you remember remember that? I don't remember that, dude. They completely like no sold Umaga's offense, and he got pissed and immediately was like going even harder and harder on him <laughs> now i gotta rewatch that <laughs> all right so from here we move on to the women's tag match versus three other teams that's all i have written <laughs> naomi and sasha re- they won this or retained this i again i haven't been keeping up with the women's tag yeah. division uh, I'm, I'm gonna need two minutes two minutes all right go for it Dude, the moment I saw Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley come out and their Catwoman and Batman outfit, I immediately, and I'm sorry for the audio listeners, I let out an audible. <sighs> yep. It was a... Because, like, immediately... Wah, 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 wah. I, I immediately was like, bruh, like, this is my type. I am being called out again. And considering how last year's when Liv and Ruby competed, they were doing Harley and Joker. True. To keep it in that same sort of thing. And I'm like, why am I being called out on the most stupendous stage of them all? Like, as soon as that happened, like, immediately my friends are looking over to me and I'm like, bro, 
Like, bro, I wanted him to win so badly. And, of course, Corey going crazy for his then-fiancé, now-wife. Like, like, yeah, why don't you back off, Corey? Hey, yo, Morgan, like, for real, why don't you just slide in my DMs, add miserability, for real? Oh, my gosh. I wish you nothing but the absolute best, and we can just, like, sit around, watch horror movies, and have, like, a good time. Bria, you can just slap me in that pin all, almost immediately. All I gotta say, can Buddy Matthews fight? <laughs> <laughs> Because it's hinted that they're dating at this point. They're on Twitch together. They're... I don't care. I will fight. I will fight anyone. I will fuck Buddy Matthews. <laughs> I will. I will have complete and utter eye contact the whole and time. wink directly at him. You don't understand how much this awoke something in me. Listen, we all like emo Rhea. We all like Babin Rhea. She's just always looks good and everything. Like she's a ten out of ten. Ever since her debut in the Mania Classic. <gasps> but yeah. So uh I'm, for the matches this an unbiased like three out of five because like It was okay. It was a standard tag match. It wasn't it wasn't insulting. It wasn't bad. It was just sloppy because you had four teams in there. It should have just been two teams. Like for Mania you gotta just weed the you know, best of the best. And I mean, if they would have added Shotzi to that team, you, y'all wouldn't have seen listen, me again. I'm going to say the most controversial thing right now. Actually, it's not even controversial. Let's be honest. Shotzi's on the chopping block. She has to be. The way they've been treating her the last few months, I think Vince has no clue what to do with her. She doesn't look prototypical. WWE. You know, she has green hair, crazy amount of tattoos. Her character as a babyface was over with the crowd with her and T- uh, Tegan Knox as a tag team. They fired Tegan. And Shotzi has been lost in the shuffle since. I mean, Shotzi, if you too want to slide in my DMs. It is. I, <laughs> but um, she could have been in this match. And I feel like she would have added an element of, like, difference. Yeah. There's just way, I've noticed there's way too much blonde hair going on in the main roster right now. And it's too interchangeable at this point. And just having that green hair girl with the crazy tattoos and the, you know, military helmet with horns. She's a whole different character. She's something that doesn't look... Hear me out. Why couldn't she ride an actual tank to Mania? Literally, they did it for SmackDown. They could have... The visual alone would have sold tickets. They had Rusev come out on a tank. Like a legitimate tank. And they could have built this to be like the... Well, I guess it was a tag match in NXT, right? It was like a takeover where Shotzi and... War Games. It was a War Games. Yeah, where her, her and Ember... We're on the mini tank, but you could have gotten a legitimate military tank, and yeah, uh, it is what it is. A lot of lost potential there. Um, do you like Naomi and Sasha together? I feel like it doesn't. I feel like that was just like to cross off Sasha finally winning at Mania. Yes, and she was teary eyed because she won, but also it kind of also solidified Naomi as like, hey, you're not just a former world champion, but you're also now a former, soon to be former tag champion. Like you know. Give her to the Grand Slam. Why not? She definitely earned her keep. Like, Naomi has been there forever, dude. And I mean, not to say she's only there because of Jimmy and Jay and her lineage to the ties to the bloodline. Why not include she is her good in the of, bloodline? This is what everyone's saying. She should be in the bloodline storyline. Like, you can so build it. Like, Sonya Deville finally gets her uh, uh, her just desserts. You know, like, because Sonya Deville, I don't like this Sonya Deville, Karen, racist Karen gimmick. It's not working for me. It reminds me too much of Booker, Triple H. It reminds me too much of real life. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. Like, I don't need, you know, too much reality in my wrestling like this. Like, her character is, like, 
only has beef with all the women of color in WWE. <laughs> like, what is going on? Like, Sonya Deville, another waste of talent. I mean, I know that what happened to her was traumatizing, and yeah. this is like her slow ease back to the business. But like, this weird like manager's assistant that can get away with everything kind of doesn't make sense storyline wise. Like, how is she, like Pierce not reprimanding her for doing this? How is Vince not reprimanding her from? You know, kind of like "quote unquote" stealing the show and making her own rules up. Like it, it just doesn't work for me. It's too much, too much freedom. Like this character does not exist in real life. There's nobody in WWE aside from Vince who can do this shit. Steph, Steph, Steph. Let's face it. It's just like what Sonya is doing, but she can legitimately. Well, I wouldn't say legitimately. She always got away with no comeuppance. You need to keep building up this Sonya thing as long as there's a great comeuppance at the end. And usually with Steph, there isn't, except for Ronda. Yeah. Um, all right, so we'll move on from this because, you know, time is at essence. Mm-hmm. Um, the AJ Styles versus Edge match, it should have been five stars. It should have been. Yeah. With the I ten- mean, blood started even before the match began. That was weird. Um, Did you see what happened? The pyro, right? No. It wasn't the pyro? No. Uh, I learned about this on McAfee's podcast. Oh, God. Because he was being told, yeah, walk out through the middle of the star because AJ Styles just, like, bumped into it and immediately cut himself open. Good God. So, like, that's why it was specifically on that cheek corner because he walked into it. Yeah. I, I can send you the footage of him, like, No, no, that's, that's fine, but... Honest to God, this match was ass. It should have been a five star classic. With love even of... the ending made no sense. I I don't know what's going on with WWE with their mania matches, but I feel like the build up is more worth it than the actual match itself half the time. Like usually, this is where you pay off, and it didn't feel like it paid off for anything. No, and was this the beginning of Judgment Day Edge? No, it was. During it, and here's the thing that's the longest match of the entire weekend. No shit. I'm looking it up right now. It is 2405. The second longest was Cody versus Seth. Dude, the chemistry with Edge and Chris, uh, Christian, Edge and AJ was not there. No, this was like one of those dream matches that, like, as soon as Edge was coming back, it's like, okay, we're gonna see him versus AJ. Yeah, Rumble, you're like, oh, they're pairing off, and it didn't. It, the synergy wasn't there. They weren't on the same page. The psychology was weird. I mean, there were spots there that kind of like were callbacks to both of them, you know, like doing indie riffic stuff. Like they were trying. But again, what was the ending like? I mean, this one was a blur. Like it's been so long. What, what I forgot how it actually ended again. Like Damian Priest comes out, which now I think they're changing his name again. Just Priest. Or just Damien. Oh my gosh. This is again WWE with their weird name and changes. It's just... But they own Damien Priest. He was Punishment Martinez before this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, just keep him. I guess Damien will be fine. Uh, but, anyways, this match gets three out of five for being halfway decent. But again, I expected five and up. I'm giving it a two. All right. Two and a half then. Because I gotta, I have to be fair. It wasn't great. It should have been. Could have been. It wasn't. Sad. <laughs> okay, well, I'm a little dramatic there. But no, but seriously, I expected so much from these guys. And the build-up was okay, halfway decent, but um, I don't know. Is it Ed slowing down? Is it AJ having lots of passion? They just 
and it clicked in there. Sometimes it, it's, it is what it is. You, you don't have that natural chemistry that makes something good. So it is what it is. We move on to the best, best moment, not match, best moment of the night. Uh, the match is Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. Oh, no, we skipped the entire gift match that was Sheamus and Ridge with Butch versus The New Day, which lasted, like, this is all the thought we're going to give to it because the longer we talk about it, it's longer than the actual match. Really? I have the match time right here, minute 40. Ooh, is this because Xavier got hurt or something? Or No. I didn't even know it was in the card, dude. I forgot it was in the yeah. card. Yeah. That's how fast it was. Yeah, so let's just move on because we're spending more time than the actual match was. All right. One out of five. Yeah. No, half out of five. I'll give it a one out of five just to be halfway decent. Uh, okay, but so now. Now, Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. Formerly known as Austin Theory, now just Theory. Oh, you started off. You started off, bro. The moment I heard like the Seven Nation Army having the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders come out, which kind of messed up. Bring out the Colts ones. Bring out like half They're Dallas Cowboys. In Dallas and eighteenth. They kind of had to work. Right I there. get that, but also throw in some Colts cheerleaders because you go out of your extent to be like or from better, Pittsburgh, be- Pennsylvania, hailing by Indianapolis, Indiana, just. You want to get cheered, not booed out of that stadium. I understand. But it's the same colors at the end of the day. Maybe they should have just had uh, generic Pat McAfee uniforms. Not, but They are the Dallas child. You know, the, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's hard. I know. But as soon as I heard it and the entire crowd going, duh, 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 that woke me up like immediately. Like I was feeling like they when, when did Seven Nation Army become the official chant for all pro wrestlers? Bask in his glory, tribal chief. Like everybody is doing that. I don't now. know. I think it's like something from football. No, that it got definitely. Translated. And by football, we mean football. Um, yeah, it, totally. It, I know it started with football, like with soccer. Like definitely mm-hmm. was a big, because that was a thing on YouTube for many years that stadiums were like, and that song is old. That's from 05. Like that's White Stripes from way back when they're still together. Yeah. But even then, people were starting doing it, the chant. It's an easy, I guess, a chantable song when you think about it. Just, yeah. It yeah. was the first song I learned on guitar. Nice, nice. Um, but yeah, this was actually a pretty solid match. Pat McAfee, I mean, his takeover match against Cole was great, but that wasn't in front of any audience at the yeah. time. Yeah. Now you finally have him there. And McAfee's a solid wrestler. Like, he's been doing this before he was in WWE. He has his own ring in his backyard. Like, he. Dude, like, the fact was. He, like, pick and chose, like, certain spots from, like, the Cole ones. Yep. And, like, just reenacted them. But to get that crowd reaction. Because they'd never seen it. Yeah. If you weren't watching, let's be honest, if you were watching NXT, which is probably a third of their audience, I think only, not even two-thirds of their audience, I think the minority of WWE audiences watched NXT even today. Like, let's say SmackDown's 2.2 average. NXT was no more than 600,000 viewers at its peak. Or 700,000. So, so yeah, so, I mean, you know, it was a new thing to see for everybody, Pat McAfee being a great wrestler, and Theory is all a wrestler. In the end, uh, was it, Pat uh, McAfee won, but then Vince came out. Yes, because technically it leads into the next match, Mr. McMahon versus Pat McAfee. Which the dirt sheet said was going to happen, and people were like, no way Vince at 74 or 75 years old is going to do this. He fucking did it. Yeah. This nigga did it. He did it. Like, this motherfucker. Listen, 
I don't give a shit. Look, man. I'm not. Alright, I got an idea. We're gonna tell the dirt sheets. I'm gonna have a match. I'm not gonna have an actual match. It'll be a, a, a quick one. But post McAfee winning, I go in there and I beat the living dog shit out of him. And then we're gonna celebrate with Theory after I pin him one, two, three. Stone Cold comes out. <laughs> and yeah, it was it was it was it was what it was. Thing. Now that this has happened, Vince McMahon finally has his win at Mania. He's now one and nine. He gave himself a win. And you know what? I'm not gonna blame him. This was a funny moment that also made Vince look really old. Yeah. His body isn't what it used to look like. Dude, him trying to take the stunner. It was but Vince was always shitty at taking the stunner. Yeah. It, it, it's a running gag. Second funny. worst McMahon behind Linda. Oh, yeah. Linda. Who We don't talk about Linda. No, no, no. no. Uh, but, yeah. So, that was entertainment. Again, yeah. I was sports entertained. I'm going to give the Vince and Theory segment a solid four out of five. Yes. Because, oh, man. The ending, too. With, like, McAfee. Like, with his beers. Him taking the... Dude. McAfee. Theory. The Rock sold yes. the stunner. Like, how do you even get that much hops? Like, it was like, so crazy. But, like, McAfee sell also with, like, all the beer. Just, like, the straight-up Triple H spray. Right. Dude, and, like, him rolling out. And then the camera wild, just man. catches him at the end of him just, like, uh. Yeah. That was epic. That was a great way to end the show. And they should have ended it there. It's sadly the main event of Mania. Yes. Oh my God. I'm gonna I'm be a third in a lifetime. Listen, I don't give a shit. People are saying Roman got hurt. Roman took a Kimura lock and, and and definitely hurt his muscle because he hasn't been the same since. He hasn't wrestled a SmackDown or a Raw. They're hiding Roman's injury. Why? He can be injured and on the shelf and still be the champion. I mean, you don't have to quote unquote, you know, have him in a slip. Yeah. Was he? Lo- was his shoulder dislocated or that something? could have been it, but that injury takes no more than a couple of weeks to heal up, I think, unless he broke something. Like, we'll have to wait and see because this main event of WrestleMania Backlash was supposed to be title for title, and now it's a fucking six man or trios match that nobody wants to see. Which is weird. Yep. Like, and for title for title, I mean the tag belts because obviously Roman still has both of the championships, the World Heavyweight Championships, but. That being said, if Roman can't do it, do they really want Roman to be like super Roman for like another year? Like, is he trying to beat the Bruno San Martino number like of a thousand days? No, here's the thing. And everyone's already theorizing what? because they planted the seeds already. NBC is behind this because they planted the seeds in Young Rock season two. Where it has like the actor climbing on the rock and it's, it's like, acknowledge me. And it's like, come on, come match, on, Dewey, yeah. let's do it. It's like, nah, man, a match this big, we're going to have to wait till WrestleMania. And, and I wanted them to pull a gym from the office fourth wall break. And you know what? I think if Brock beats Roman at Mania, it doesn't make him look weak because it's the fucking rock. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, Brock beat, I mean, Stone Cold beat Kevin Owens, same thing, you know, like, bet the Usos. Whose side are they on? If you had to choose, if you had to choose. Not even just that. Maybe not them. Maybe Solo from NXT 2.0. Maybe he's behind Rock instead of being behind Roman. And you start that feud where like... Or Rikishi. 
to like slap some sense in their sons. Can you imagine if on the rock side, it's this one will happen, and I kind of wish it did. If Jacob Fatu from uh, MOW was on that WWE roster, I'm surprised he wouldn't. He he, he signed what a six year deal with MOW or something like that, which is stupid. You don't sign a deal that big with any company, period. Depending on how big like the money is, it doesn't matter. I feel like for him, a million dollars is a lot of money. I mean, like MOW does not have the clout, the resources. They they're barely on TV. You know, what I mean, they're they're. I don't know what happened with the Vice deal, but he he deserves better. And he's he's an older guy too, so like this would be the, his last big run, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it sucks that he's there because unless unless they buy him out of his contract, if someone bought him out, I don't care who it is, I do prefer him on Impact even because I don't watch MLW. My friends try to get me to watch it. I don't watch it. It's free on YouTube. I haven't really watched it because there's not any buzz coming out of it. Like, I could just imagine that bloodline like battle. Think about it. you can make callbacks to Omaga and Rosie, bro. That's literally and like literally talk about all of them. You could have had Solo and 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 uh, Jacob Fatu being a tag team, right, against the Usos, and that team is with Brock. The other team is with Roman, and you have that inner feud, and then you bring in Simone. See? You see what I'm saying? You introduce Simone to the wider WrestleMania. And audience. not only that, you do have like both of the wild Samoans yep. like backing Roman. Because they did, they backed him up. He's that, like you have like the higher up. But, but like, then you have like Haku and G O D. Oh my god, and that's another one I could see. Like just in that like this could be their end game if they done it right. This if could, they do it right. This could legitimately be the best main event in all of WrestleMania, period. Like, it definitely has the seeds for good storytelling. They can make a documentary, like 24, the 24 hour when they do the 365, whatever it is, for WWE. Like, they can make so much money off The Rock main eventing a mania in Hollywood. I'm already saving money for that shit, bro. Like, I'm going to the Mania weekend. I'm going to Wally Mania. Guaranteed I'm going to Wally Mania. Because. I missed the one in Dallas. I should have gone. I'm gonna go to Wally. I'm gonna hit up Wally Mania, hit up WrestleMania, and I might even hit up uh, Ring of Honor because Ring of Honor still gonna do Mania weekend, not AEW. Ring of Honor. So those are the three things I'm hitting up. GCW maybe because you know. But, oh, sorry. Yeah. We're closing up here. Um. Yeah, that was it. That's the WrestleMania 38. You said. Yeah, 38. The most stupendous. And I gotta say, uh. As a total, it was solid. It was enjoyable. Very enjoyable. Very long, but thank God it's a two-day split. Um, any last words, Rowe? Um, Honestly, like, I don't see myself, like, watching more, like, every pay-per-view whatsoever. No, I don't see myself watching Backlash. I'm definitely big, big fours. That's it. I think the next WWE pay-per-view I'll probably cover will be Money, Money in the, the Bank. Bank. Or, because that's taken the spot of Survivor Series. Yes. Money in the Bank and SummerSlam are the next ones. Because a lot of these, like, every month pay-per-views, I might cover them alone just because. But I think I'm better off sticking with the big ones because that's where all the major builds are going to be at. And also, just there's too much content out there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and if you want me here, yeah. you got me here. All right. Well, thank you for uh, guest appearing today again. Once again, it's always good to talk and chat. Um 
thank you everyone for listening. Whoever listens to this in the outer, I know it's a long one today, so hmm. better than as always. Thank y'all for tuning in to the podcast mercenary show. I am the podcast mercenary himself, the Puerto Rican Kaiju, the Puerto Rican powerhouse, the Mike for hire, Christian Joe Ramos. Signing off till next time. Thank y'all for tuning in. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Stay blessed. Ooh, uh, Love you guys. Take care.